What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting with Schmidt. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Taylor Langston joined me again to talk the Bills, NBA, and college football. The new rankings came out last night. We got into all of it. It's a great show. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. What's up, everybody? T Lang joining me again. You know, we said we we get together after the World Series. I've learned I'm really bad about bringing people back on after I tell them that I'm going to, and so I, I wanted to be better at that. So T Lang, he's back. You're a Spurs fan, right? Oh yeah, big big Spurs. Haven't had a whole lot to cheer about for a while, but big Spurs fan. This is the perfect day to have you on. It's Wimby Wednesday. I, I know you've been listening to the podcast, so we we, we talk about Wimby every Wednesday because he's awesome and. He's. I've watched more Spurs basketball this year than I have in the last decade, I feel like. Yeah, well, really it should be every day that ends in why we talk about Wimby. I mean, he's uh, I'm that bought in. And Spurs basketball, we're, we're three and eight, but we're back. We're, we're on the way lost, back. Lost seven in a row? No. Six in a row? Is that right? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, this, it's, it's not about winning this year. It's not. Yeah. It's not. So, speaking of watching the Spurs and everything, last night, big game, Thunder, Spurs, Wimby versus Chet. Neither guy played very well. Um, Wimby finishes with eight points. Chet finishes with nine points. Neither guy shoots over 30% from the field. I think both guys were just trying way too hard last night. Like, they're young dudes. They know that they're playing against each other. I'm not overly worried about it, but what were some of your takeaways from from the game last night? Um, my biggest takeaway is Chet. It helps Chet out a lot that he has um, SGA. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, I think they're both sloppy game, but I think you, you put it perfectly. Wimby is, I mean, just how much he's panning out to project, I think it's night and day better than Chet, I think Chet will be great. I just don't think he's in the same stratosphere as Wimby. They're just they're uh, so different. Yeah, like they're they're both you know seven feet tall and they're both very skilled, but like Chet's, he's just not as athletic. Like that's the thing, and yeah. I think that's kind of the thing that I took away from last night. Like uh, I think it was first quarter, Wimby does the whole behind the back sidestep dunk, like. Way faster than a seven foot four guy should, and that's just something that like that's just not who Chet is. That's not what he does. And no. you know, Chet very skilled. He can shoot the ball, um, but just not not the same. No, it, I mean, and Wimby's game is so smooth too. It's it's just there's like a flow to it, and I mean, just everybody says it. He's got to put on weight, but imagine when he puts on you know, 10, 15 pounds, and, you know, he gets used to the long NBA season. I think it's it's just – and I th- like we said, I think Chet will be great. He might win rookie of the year this year. You don't know. But um, long-term, Wimby's, Wimby's awesome. He might. He, he really is. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I do think that, like, as of today, I think Chet's the better player. But the draft mm-hmm. isn't about as of today. It's about, you know, four years from now. And by that point, I mean, geez. And the thing with Chet is, like, the best we've seen from him has been, like, really good, right? You know, he had the 24-point game, 
against the Warriors. He had the seven block game against the against the Cavs earlier in the year, and like that's really really good. But those games didn't look anything like the 38-point game Wimby had against the Suns or even the 29-point game he had against Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves the other night. Yeah. I, I think Chet, Chet can be a very, very good two. I don't think he'll ever be a one. Um, I think Wimby, yeah. I think Wimby obviously. Do you think Wimby has lived up to the hype so far in terms of just projection? Um, I would say so. And he hasn't been as consistent as I think as people. He definitely hasn't been as consistent as people want him to be. But for people who like actually watched him in France and kind of knew what he was going to be coming in, he's lived up to my expectation of from time to time. He's got these unbelievable like four minute stretches, and you know, not maybe not every night, but most nights you get on Twitter after a game and it's like, geez, he did that. Like, yeah, which is that's kind of what I expected. Um, with a couple of big pops here and there, like the the thirty eight point game against the Suns and the twenty nine points against the Timberwolves, like he's very raw. Like there's still a lot that he has to learn, especially since playing in America is just really different than playing overseas. And I think you said it pretty well earlier. Like as he gets accustomed to the way that the NBA is played, and when they actually build an offense for him, like he's not even like the featured guy right now. He's just kind of doing whatever, and he's still he's still got these you know four minute stretches where he's insane. Like it says a lot about him and who he is, and I I fully expect him to only get better. Like, and he's already pretty freaking good defensively. He's awesome. I think that's where he's been at his best. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in the. Uh, I've got some advanced stats. He's 80th percentile on defense, 88th percentile of scoring, and then 91st percentile on rebounding. And you know, his plus minus is minus 60, but. Your, okay. your team's three and eight. You know, plus I don't think minus. anybody on this part. I am so glad you brought up plus minus. I read this the other day, and I think one of we were talking earlier about Wimby, and how like his supporting cast is nowhere near as good as Chet's, right? And yeah. I think one of the biggest things about that is uh, the Spurs trying to to develop uh, Sohan as a point guard, even though he's clearly not a point guard. Okay, and mm-hmm. where to go? Okay. So, you know, every Monday I, I do the rankings for, for the NBA and all that. And as I was doing my research for it, I came across this Spurs thing. So, in 136 minutes with Wimby and Trey Jones, an actual point guard, on the floor together, the Spurs have outscored their opponents by 19 points per 100 possessions. When Wimby and Trey Jones, when he plays with the real point guard, he's really good. Okay, and over the weekend, rough weekend for your Spurs. Uh, they lost both games by a combined 62 points. But in the Jones and Wimby minutes, they were a minus one. Like when really? he has when he has a real point guard, he's awesome. He's just having to play with this, you know, small forward who's trying to play point guard. That's one of I wouldn't even call it an issue. Like I, I get what Pop's trying to do. If if Sohan can play point guard, they're going to be awesome defensively. But in like the short term of things, it's not great. I I agree one hundred percent. I didn't know that stat about Trey Jones. You know when he's on the floor, that's incredible. And I mean, like you said, the Spurs aren't trying to win a championship this year. They're just trying to you know get the chemistry right and figure out who I, needs to stay, who needs to go. All that kind of That's stuff. Right. Yeah, so not a big deal. It's fun, though. And 
going into last night, I would have thought that the biggest story was Chet and Wimby. And then I wake up this morning, and I get on Twitter. And no correction, I was checking box scores, and I, I get on. I see Draymond Green only played two minutes last night. Did he get hurt? What happened? I get on Twitter, and it's like, no. He put Rudy Gobert in a full-blown chokehold after Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson got into it. And, jeez, like what? And here's, here's the thing. The fight's not even the story for me. The fight is what Rudy Gobert said after the game. Did you hear what Gobert said after the game? No. Uh-uh. He said that before the game, he was thinking that Draymond Green would try to get ejected tonight because he doesn't like to play when Steph Curry doesn't play. And so I immediately, immediately start run. I, I go back to last year, and I'm like, is this true? Because, like, Steph missed a lot of games last year. And I got to be honest, I think Rudy Gobert's just talking. You know, if he had, like, said this in a quote before the game, that I'd be more inclined to believe him. But there's no way. So last year, uh... Draymond Green played 73 games to Steph Curry's 56. Uh, The year before, 2021 to 2022, Draymond Green played 46 games. Steph Curry played 64. And so, like, they're missed games. Like, the numbers aren't similar. Like, I'm sure there are nights where they both miss because they were both hurt or whatever. But I think this is Rudy just, like, blowing smoke, trying to start stuff. I'm getting real, like, Grizzlies-Warriors vibes from, like, a couple years ago when the Grizzlies were kind of trying to overtake the Western Conference with these young dudes, and the Warriors were like, no, 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 like, we're still here. You know, we had the the trash-talking stuff between Draymond Green and Anthony Edwards the other night. You got Rudy Gobert, of all people, talking smack after the game. Like, this is awesome. I love this. What was what was your uh, reaction when you saw it? Oh, yeah, I mean, my first reaction was, wow, if I'm getting in a fight, I'd love to have Draymond Green backing me up. Dude, That's my seriously, first man. I mean, that was quick. He's all he over. did not hesitate. Um, so, that was, I mean, just that the Gobert running his mouth afterwards. I mean, they're eight and two right now. Awesome. They'll probably finish eighth or ninth. I, I like the little rivalry they have going on, but um, you know, I, I don't, I don't see the Wolves sustaining this. Um, you know, this level being second in the West by any means, but oh, man, they're. Um, number one in defensive rating, and they're number eight in offensive rating. Like, they're really good on both ends. They're so big. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how, especially the Warriors, or really anybody, like, combats it. Because when you're able to play Towns and Gobert, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's They're tough, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think they are playing good basketball right now. I just, I still don't see them sustaining it because I don't think, I don't think Cat has that dog in him. Um, but Ant you know, does, and Ant's the dude. Yeah, yeah, Ant's Ant's legit. But and then Gobert, I mean, I just don't see him. Somebody's gonna make him, you know, play outside, or just it's gonna be a disadvantage when you have a five that can shoot. Yeah, um, that's what but, I, what I think is gonna happen. Is do you remember when the Jazz were really good, and then they got to the playoffs, and the Clippers stuck Trey Mann in the corner, and they had Gobert guard him, and he and Trey Mann hit like eight three-pointers or whatever, that's that's what yeah. I think is going to end up happening. Like, in the regular season, they're going to be fine. They're going to be really good. But when they get to the playoffs, Rudy Gobert is going to get played off the floor again because that's what seems to happen every year with Rudy Gobert. Oh, yeah. I think 
I think Thunder, Nuggets, Lakers all match up very well with them just because they have a big a big that can come outside, bring yeah. Gobert out. And, you know, even the Spurs, I think the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, the Spurs, no doubt. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. The Warriors are 6-6 six and six now. They're 500, which is not where I thought they'd be. And you and I think Chris Paul's been a great addition for him He's so been far. So he, good for that second unit. I just well, I don't I don't understand why they're not why they're six and six. Because Clay Thompson plays too many minutes. I'm staying on this. Yeah. I'm not I'm not getting off this horse. I'm talking about this all year until Clay Thompson quits playing thirty minutes well, a night. Granted, he didn't play thirty minutes last <laughs> he night. Did not still off. But it was close. <laughs> And yeah, uh, yeah, dude, the rookie for them. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the kid out of uh, Saint Clara. He was awesome. He had like 21, no, 29, maybe. He was. Oh, he was so good. Um, let's just pull up the box score. But yeah, I mean, the fact Moses Moody only played like 15 minutes last night. I when I saw that Thompson got tossed, I was like, oh, this has got to be you know the Moses Moody's going to play like 35 minutes. No, he only played you know. 15 I believe and it was just not it was just it was really surprising when when I saw that um yeah so yeah yeah I mean I don't know I mean how long is Steph out for is it it's not uh, I don't think it's too terribly long um but either way though like so much is just on his shoulders and he's he's 35 and I just I don't know man but either way like yeah, I think ultimately, if they're going to be good, it comes down to to Clay Thompson. Like, okay, I got his name. I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> Podziemski. Podziemski. I like it. That's what I'm thinking. He was good last night. He, had 20, he played 39 minutes, and but then again, like he's really kind of their only, besides Chris Paul, he's their only other you know point guard who can actually you know like run the offense and do those types of things. But Moody only playing 14 minutes. Kaminga only playing 16. That was just really surprising. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I I wish being Arkansas biased. I wish Moody would get more minutes, but and it seemed like He's they were good the year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get that one, but I don't know. That's why we don't get paid to coach, you know. I mean, they're six and six. Maybe they should pay us to coach. <laughs> like, I mean, let's just let's just be honest here. Um, good point. Yeah. Who's uh, so who is uh how do you feel about your Mavs right now? Man, I feel great as long as Dyson Daniels of the Pelicans isn't guarding Luca. I don't know if you saw that last night, man. He like I, I saw a stat this morning last night. So the Pelicans won by like tw- 21 last night. You know, I'm not too too worried about it. They're 8 and 3. Luca and Kyrie, they look good together. Kyrie's finally starting to shoot the ball better. Uh Derek Derek Lively's been great. Grant Williams fits in really well. Tim Hardaway Jr upsets me for like 40 of the 48 minutes but he goes on these eight minute stretches where he just doesn't miss and so I kind of have to deal with it um but no I last night man Dyson Daniels just ate Luca alive when Dyson Daniels guarded Luca last night Luca was three for nine and turned the ball over four times I mean he was just it was just a tough night and the way Luca started the year like he was due for a bad game um I'm just you know whatever plus they played like two nights ago, and the Mavs beat them by like thirty. So, 
that's that's the one thing about these like quick turnaround games. Like we saw it last night with the Pelicans and the Mavs. The Pelicans coming out and winning. You know, when they played the Mavs in back to back games. We saw the Pacers beat the 76ers when they played them in back to back games. It's just it's created this really interesting dynamic. Kind of like, you know, when you're playing pickup and you lose and you're like, okay, like, let's run it back. Let's go. Come on. And so mm-hmm. but yeah, like the Mavs, they're gonna be fine. Um I don't know. A lot of their wins, they they kind of feel like my my Dolphins right now. Like a lot of their wins are against not very good teams, and so like I want to see them play the Warriors. I want to see them play the Lakers. I want to see them play the Nuggets again. I want to see them play the Sixers. All that kind of stuff before before I get fully invested. Because once I'm invested, man, because that's 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 what happened to me with Miami, man. I got so invested after the seventy point win. After they you know put up seventy and the offense looked great, and then you know they they lose to the Bills forty eight to twenty. And I'm just like, you know what? They scored 70 last week. They were just feeling themselves a little bit too much. And then, then they get smacked around by the Eagles. And then they go to Germany. Could have beat the Chiefs. But, yeah, like, it's too late, though. I'm fully sucked in. Uh, Mike McDaniel for Coach of the Year. Um, after the Bills' horrific loss on, on Monday night, like, the Dolphins are going to win the division. So we'll see what ends up happening. Speaking of the Bills, what is going on? Man, I don't. This is the old McDermott trying to blame it on the OC. He fired it. They're like top ten in every offensive category. That's, that's what I'm saying. They're and I mean defensively, they're not. What are they? They're defensively, they're fifth in scoring. You know, they're middle of the pack rushing. They are top past. ten. They are okay. Here, where's it at? Oh, they're just so bad. Giveaways, they're terrible. You know, Josh Allen's turning the ball over way too much. But okay, offensively, I mean, they're moving the ball. They just so they're they're averaging twenty six points a game, which is good for eighth in the NFL. Their defense is allowing eighteen points a game, which is fifth in the NFL. So they're scoring points. The other team isn't scoring, but they're five hundred. Right? There hmm. are three other teams that are both top ten in scoring and and in um. Defensive scoring. That's the Ravens, who are really good, the Cowboys, who are going to make the playoffs, and the 49ers. The biggest difference is turnovers. I mean, the Bills are turning over the ball basically two times a game, which is 27th in the NFL. That's really bad. Meanwhile, the 49ers, they don't turn it over. The Cowboys, they don't turn it over. And the Ravens don't turn it over. Like, that is the difference. It's not the OC, even though I'm very excited to see the best passing game coordinator in the history of college football call plays for the Bills. Joe Brady. I forgot yeah. I forgot he was there. I forgot he was in Buffalo. And so he Yeah, was, he's kind of, he's kind of fell off since he where did he get the uh OC job after that LSU? The Panthers year? and they were awful. Yeah. Matt Rule and yeah. Joe Brady. Uh-uh. No, that what that wasn't too good. But I what I would love, I know everybody, a lot of people say Josh Allen needs a some type of offensive-minded head coach, which I love that idea. I wish I wish they get rid of McDermott and bring Dable in. I know that wouldn't happen. That's what they should have done, get, man. Like, hindsight yeah. being 2020, they should have fired McDermott and just promoted Dable to head coach. <laughs> and the, how do you fire somebody after they, you know, your That's top four team in the NFL? They're, like, and, cons- they've, they're consistently good under Dable. Not Dable, uh, McDermott. Um, except for this year, obviously. But they're – but, like, it's not his fault. Like, it's not his fault that – the Bills turn the ball over four times. Like, it's not – like, his defense has been really good. Uh, I wrote an article er, earlier in the year on the Substack 
about McDermott because he's become much more involved this year in their defense, and you can tell, and they are so much better defensively because of it. And like, mm-hmm. it's not his fault that Josh Allen continues to turn. He turned over three times. He threw he threw two yeah. picks, and he, and he had the fumble. That fumbled exchange. I don't even know how that happened. He just he just, just dropped the ball. I, I like um, and also you got to give McDermott this year. You lose Matt Milano, you lose Tre'Davious White. That's yeah, and the defense is still really good. Yeah, but it's also they put so much money into this team. It's you can't, you know, everybody's like, how do you fire a coach that's you know been this successful? Well, they have super high expectations because they spend so much money on them, yep. and the defensive line is that's exactly right. You know, I, I don't know, but I'm personally, I'm kind of, I'm out on Diggs. I'm not a big Diggs. I, I, he's great. I think he's great, but yeah. Um, Did you see his brother just, after the game? Yeah, like that. That exactly what I'm talking about. Diggs is first in the NFL in targets right now, and like, what? What more do you like? Well, yeah. What do you want? What more do you want? Like, it's. I think the only thing. Last thing on McDermott, and then we can talk about Diggs. The only issue I have with McDermott on Monday night was how do you not have your field goal team ready? Like, how do you not? Like, as soon as the offense comes out on the field, you know what they're going to do. You got to get those dudes ready. You got to be like, hey, field goal. We're going on after this. Make sure you pull everybody off. And yeah. then, like, that, that's the only thing. Like, that is what I would like to call a Sam Pittman mistake. It's lack of attention yeah. to detail. That's what it is. That, that was boneheaded. That was a bonehead move. But also, an all out blitz on. Third down, I, I get like, second what they're down, trying to do. The one on second down was great. And, like, you got him out of field goal range. That's what you wanted yeah. to do. And then you call it again. Gosh, man, that was – like, they're already basically out of field goal. I mean, that's – It should have been a touchdown. If that's if that's Russell Wilson from three years ago, that's a touchdown. <laughs> it is. No, no kid. <laughs> I mean, no. Those, the, those two last plays of game were just bonehead Sean McDermott. I think that's obsolete, man. I, I think I don't know. I, I think it's his time to go, and a lot like Sam, I like him a lot, but I, I don't think he's he's got to win football games. That's exactly right, and especially when you have you know, I don't care what people say. Josh Allen's still like one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. I know I know he turns the ball over a lot, but I also think that they just they put so much on him offensively. Mm-hmm. Like he's third in carries this year. Latavius Murray only has three more carries than Josh Allen. How ridiculous is that? And he's thrown the ball more than anybody in the NFL not named Sam Howell. And then they're they're sixth in yards per carry, but they're they you know, thirteenth in attempts. So it's like they're running the ball very well. They are. It's just I don't I don't understand that. I don't know, man. I just I, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, any more thoughts on any of the NFL stuff before we move on to to, to the college football playoff? Um, what do you think? Bills have Jets at Eagles at KC, Dallas Chargers, Pats, Miami. They're five and five right now. What do you see them finishing up as? Um, not very good. They've got. I saw a thing the other day. According to the ESPN's advanced analytics and all that, all that jazz, they have the third hardest schedule left. So the Jets at home, they should win that game. But then again, you know if there's anybody who's going to turn you over, it's the Jets. Um, when it comes to, yeah. uh, like, they're they're not beating Philly, they're not beating Kansas City. I don't know. I don't. 
speaking of te- teams that'll turn you over, I don't know if they're beating the Cowboys. The no, Chargers, I, will f- I, the Chargers are going to find a way to lose because uh, that's what the Chargers do. They'll probably beat New England, and then they're at Miami in Week 18. Honestly, yeah. at that point, they may not even be able to make the playoffs. And if they can't make the playoffs, they're not going to be very motivated. I like Miami to win that one. Like they could finish mm-hmm. the year at like eight and nine. They could have a losing record. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. They, if they go, I have them finishing eight and nine, and that's giving them a win against the Jets and at the Chargers. So yeah, I mean, they, they could go like seven I, and ten. They could go seven and ten. Yeah, and as, when I say when I say at Chargers, let me let me I, I take that back. They're playing the Chargers. It doesn't matter if they're playing at the Chargers. <laughs> so I, I retract yeah. that statement. The Chargers play seventeen road games every year. They do, man. Like they seriously, and 100%. yeah, I mean they've got just a tough sledding on the way out. Nothing would make me happier for the Bills to go seven and ten because Bills fans on Twitter absolutely suck. Um, so yeah, and then Miami, they may not lose again. Just, just telling you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll see. They got to play the Raiders, and the Raiders are playing inspired. It kind of makes me worried about Sunday, but oh, it'll be all right. I think- yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. College football playoff. Um, I got to be honest with you. I only care about the top 12 because that's what we're moving to next year. Um, are Are you a fan of the 12? I'm, I was I was a fan, but now I'm even more of a fan of the 12 because – Really? Right now we have eight – I think eight teams that all deserve a college football playoff. Yeah, but you that's – Some more than others, but – I agree. And I don't think like twelve. What would twelve be? You would have Oregon State, State maybe playing a Washington in the first round. I'd love that. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, but they're going to play. They're going to play each other. Yeah, yeah. Or like an Ole Miss going to Washington. I think that's a great game. That like that um, would be great. Here's here's my thing. I don't like it. I got to be honest. I think it should be six, and six okay. one and two get a bye. Penn State has already lost to Ohio State and Michigan. Like, they're clearly not the best team in the country. And the whole point of this is to figure out who the best team is. So they've got two losses to two teams that are clearly better than them. They don't deserve a chance. Oregon State lost to Washington State. And, ooh, who's their other loss? Either way, like, they've got two losses against not great teams. Uh, Louisville... They still have to play Washington and Oregon. Yeah, like they they could lose four games this year. They probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville, um, see, they're nine and one. By the way, I'm so glad that the committee put Missouri in front of Louisville. Yes, yes. you know they they got crushed by Pitt, who has two wins on the year. Like they got <sighs> destroyed by Pitt. If you get destroyed by Pitt this year, you have no right to compete for a national championship game. And, yeah. and and by the end of it, like Louisville, like they'll probably be ranked like seventh, and then they'll lose to Florida State, and the community will be like, oh, they only have two losses, and they lost in the ACC championship game. Let's put them at number twelve and watch them get crushed by Washington because they're nowhere near as good as Washington. Um, yeah. Missouri, like they lost to LSU, who's you know a good team but not really a great team, and and they could beat by Georgia, like. You know, I just, I don't know. I just don't, like, I'm with you. I think there are eight teams that deserve to play in the playoff right now. But, like, looking. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, I would say what my argument would be, I like six, but 
I like eight even more, but then also I like the idea of if you have six, you give one and two a buy. I think 10 would be, I think 12 is too much. I'll say that, but 10 would be good because, you know, I don't think after the top eight, I don't think nine and 10, whoever that would be, Louisville and Missouri, whoever that is right now, I don't think they're on the level as the top eight, but I, I like I giving agree. one and two a buy. And but my, my thing I is, mean, sorry, go ahead. I keep cutting you eight, off. Eight, That's my bad. No, you're good. 18 playoff, you have Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Bama. I would, I could, you know. But that's I'm as of right now. That. Like, we could look yeah. up in, you know, the middle of December, and Alabama could have two losses, with one of them being to Georgia. Texas could have, mm-hmm. you know, two losses to, to Oklahoma. Oregon could have two losses to Washington. And, like, if that happens, then, in my opinion, then there would only be five teams really worthy of trying of trying to win a title. And speaking of which, things could get really interesting. Like, imagine Alabama beats Georgia. Because I think, look, if Alabama beats Georgia, they belong in the playoff. And if Oregon beats Washington, they belong in the playoff. Yes. But I would argue if Georgia's only losses to Alabama, then they also belong in the playoff. Yes. Like, we yes. could, and- this is the first year I feel like we could look up and be like, oh, there were, you know, Two teams who deserve to be in that didn't. Even though most years it feels like four is the right number. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. Like, what happens if Florida State wins out, Oregon beats Washington, Texas wins out, Bama beats Georgia? You know, I think Michigan, Ohio State, whoever loses that game's done. Yes, um, I, I, that I agree. All that happened. But then, I think if all that happened, I think I don't see how the committee wouldn't have Georgia in there. Back to back champs lose one game, and they're and then they're really good. And the fact yeah. that they put them over Ohio State tells us that they like Georgia, cl- clearly. Yeah. So, I so, don't know, man. Things are going to get really interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think my prediction is Michigan, Georgia, Bama, and Oregon. That's my prediction. And Michigan, Georgia, I, I have Bama, Florida, and Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Bama beats Georgia. I, I think they're playing very good right now. I'm calling an upset on Georgia, but – I think with UT's late loss, even though they beat Bama early in the year, Bama's a different team right now than what they, they were are. at the beginning of the year. I agree. And it's and, it's so – I just – I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so – this is like the first time during like the college football playoff committee we're going to head into conference uh, championship weekend and be like, I genuinely don't know what the Final Four is going to be after this week. No. Which is awesome. Oh, like, yeah. this is great. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, imagine though – if UT is has one loss, they don't get in, and then if Florida State's undefeated, then they somehow don't get in. Like, the thing. I mean, if Florida I, State goes undefeated, like they they're gonna put them in. Like look, if Florida and Washington both go undefeated, they're gonna put them in, and that's what makes the whole Georgia Alabama thing interesting. Ohio State Michigan, like how are they get like if that's a close game, like that's really gonna impact how they do it. Obviously, you know if Michigan blows out Ohio State, which is what I think is gonna happen because I don't think Ohio State's very good. Um, then you know that'll obviously change things, and so it's it's going to be interesting. Let me let me ask you this: so you know, every Monday I I give the people the, the real twelve best teams in college football. I put Michigan at four this week because I think they're one of the four best teams in the country. Let, let me just ask you: how how good do you think Oregon is? Um. Personally, I don't think they're better than Michigan. I, I don't. Um, I don't know. I think 
I think Oregon's great. I think they're better than Washington, but I, I think they're a top four team. I just don't think they're better than Michigan. I'm kind of, I agree. I'm bullish on Michigan right now. I've got, well, the thing with Michigan is like, I'll be honest, I don't know how Penn State is ranked 12th. Like, their best win is Maryland. And they've got Ole Miss at 13, who's at least beaten LSU. You know? Yeah. And like, they have the same number of losses. And, you know, even though, to be fair, like, Ole Miss looks not very good against Georgia, but nobody looks good against Georgia. And yeah, so I, I like just, them. I don't know, man. The way that they rank these teams sometimes, I'm just like, geez, they need a couple kids from Arkadelphia to, to, to figure this out for them. That's right. That's right. And I think something that goes unnoticed is Michigan's win. I mean, yeah, they didn't win by two scores, whatever, but with everything they've had going on, I think that's an impressive. Could you imagine they, playing a football game at 19 years old when all this stuff, stuff is going on? They threw the ball eight times. Yeah. And like I they mean, didn't throw it. They literally didn't attempt to pass in the second half. That tells you all you need to know about how good Michigan is. Because Penn State's defense is good. Like, they made things, like, honestly, like, let's be honest here. If Ohio State doesn't have, you know, the best college football receiver we've seen in a while in Marvin Harrison Jr., like, I don't think Ohio State beats Penn State. They just so happen to have the best player on the field. Like, that's yeah. a really good Penn State defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, – I, I agree 100%. But I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State beats Michigan. Just I think Michigan's a better team. But also, when you have Marvin Harrison on the outside, you know, anything can happen, I feel like. Just with the type of receiver he is. I mean, he's – He's unreal. Yeah, to- totally agree. Uh, any other thoughts on the college football playoff? And then I've got I've got one more one more. Who's your who's, you. your who's your top four? Who do you have making the playoff right now? Um, What's your prediction? I think it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and, and Oregon. I think those are the four that are going to make it. Washington and Oregon. I think Oregon will beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Florida State's going to lose somewhere along the way. They play too many close games to not lose at some point. I think Michigan hands it to Ohio State, and I think that Oregon's win over Washington is more impressive than Texas's best win against Alabama, who will have two losses at that point. And Washington's best win over Oregon is more impressive than Texas's best win. And all three will have one loss. When we look at the best win, it's going to be Oregon and Washington. So I think it's Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Oregon. I think those are the final four. Okay. I like it. I like it. I could see – I will say I, I don't know – it's hard for me to see them leaving out UT if Washington loses to Oregon, just because I feel like Washington has played played some really close games to some bad teams. They but have. so is Texas. Yeah, so is Texas. And when we look at like win quality, like Washington's beaten Utah, they'll have beaten Oregon State, they'll they've they've already beaten Oregon. Like those are three wins against three good teams. And we look at Texas, and it's like they beat Alabama. You know, they three went months to ago, Alabama though they did. They You're right. Alabama. They did, which is they important. Different Alabama team, though. It is. And it was three months ago. Like, recency bias matters. Um, and, like, they lost to Oklahoma. And, I don't know, like, a loss to Oklahoma is much worse than a loss to Washington or Oregon as well. Yeah. No, so, good point. we'll see. I mean, like I said, there's so many different possible outcomes here. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Speaking of can't wait for it, there are teams out there that cannot wait for next year. Specifically, the Texas A&M Aggies, who made, who made Jimbo Fisher just the happiest man in the world. 
Um, yeah. So, who who do they go try to hire? I don't know. If, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, the current head coach at Liberty, who was at Coastal Carolina before, sent out a tweet from Starks from uh from Starkville in Mississippi, because he had it. He had his location turned on. Oh my goodness! I know. And so Mississippi State also fired their head coach. They're they're talking to him. Who does Texas A and M go hire? Who does AM hire? You know, I think they go after Dan Lanning. I think they'd be dumb not to. And I don't know, I don't know enough about him to think if he'd turn it down, if he'd accept it. But the whole smoke of, oh, I'm not leaving Oregon. Well, yeah, no kidding. Like that's what you gotta say right now. What are you gonna say? Yeah, I'm gonna look into the AM job, you know, while you're about to play make the college football playoff. So I think they go after him. I think they go after um his name. The Washington coach, I can't think of his name. Yeah, I um, his name keeps popping popping up all over the place, and like my thing with Dan Lanning and um, I'm blank I'm blanking on the Washington head coach name too. Why would they leave? They're about to probably play in the college football playoff. Like, why would they leave to go to Texas A and M when they can stay where they're at and just recruit California? Because that's what they've been doing. Yeah. I, well. And it's, Money talks a lot. And it's not like it does. But so does like history. And that's what I think with AM. AM has no like historical relevance when it comes to college football. Okay. Like it's one thing, you know, if Alabama calls you, because that's like a prestigious job to be the head coach at the University of Alabama. But like AM mm-hmm. is just like, like you're a school in Texas with a lot of money. Why would I go there when I can just go coach at Texas when they fire Sark at some point? Right. Like, yeah. I just I don't I don't know if I was them I wouldn't leave. I'm, this, this is who I would say. I think Kiffin. Kiffin. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Yep. Um, and that that's one. Uh, Mike. I, I, Mike Elko. He would make sense. Mike Elko. But see, I don't think. I mean, I yeah, he's turned Duke around, but also, I don't see A and M hiring somebody that's not a huge name, like a. So. Deion Sanders is it. Is out the window. He he he's not leaving Colorado, not no, after one I year. Agree. But you know there is a coach out there. This is a way out there. I don't believe this. I think this is just kind of fun. It's it's a fun like what if thing. There's a coach out there who sits on the desk during a big noon kickoff for for Fox Sports in the morning, and uh, you know yep. he's he, he's won a national title at Florida, and he's won one at Ohio State. Yep. You can't tell me if. A&M threw a whole bunch of money at Urban Meyer. He wouldn't at least think about coming back. That was my next two names were going to be Urban Meyer. And then I think this is a long, long shot. But don't keep making Harbaugh mad. I think he'd go to the NFL. But also, I mean, A&M, it's hard to recruit kids to Michigan. It's pretty easy to recruit kids to A&M. It is. NIL, it's warm. Okay. Um, I, that's a long shot. I've, but. Got, I've got one more name that no one's thrown out there that I genuinely think would take the job in a heartbeat. Matt Rule. He's at Nebraska. That's got to be the worst place in the country to try and recruit. He's won at Baylor. Why wouldn't Matt Rule leave Nebraska to go coach at A&M? Yeah, I could – I don't know if I could – I don't know if he's a big enough name for him. I know he coached in the NFL, but I don't – I don't know. I, I could see it. I could see them going after him, but I just don't know if – that one pans out for. I mean, I think you'll pan out, but 
He's a. I don't know. I haven't thought about that one. He's awesome. He was so good at Baylor. He could totally turn a And M around. Yeah, but I don't if know. You win at Baylor, you can win an A. That's exactly right. And I hope it doesn't happen. I hope Arkansas picks up the phone and they fire Sam Pittman and they call Matt Rule. We'll see. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I don't think A&M is like I've heard Texas State coach and then Trailer at UTSA. I think there's zero percent chance either one of them. Trailer's They're not. not big trailer's not no. going to go to A&M. No, I don't think. We'll they're see. Big name. That's because Trailer's going to Arkansas. So he really might. I wouldn't mind it. That's a good football team. Uh, how many more days until Sam Pittman's no longer employed by the University of Arkansas? Man, I, my prediction, your check respects Sam too much for getting us, you know, from where we were, even though we're kind of almost back to where we were. Um, he respects him too much. I think Pittman retires at the end of the year. They're already really? working on their next coach. Like, I think they, they've got it in the works. I don't think I don't think your check is – you know, sitting on his hands right now. I think he's, it's a plan in place. What do you, what do you think? I think we're going to lose to FIU on Saturday and, <sighs> and they'll fire him after the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe not that far. I think that genuinely though, if we lose to FIU on Saturday, they have to fire him. They have to. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I think we'll get crushed by Missouri and then it'll happen because we'll have won four games. We'll have gone four and eight, which just it's it's not just that they went four and eight. Like if, if this was a year where Arkansas fans were like, we're gonna go like seven and five, I think that he could get away with it. But the expectations this year were like nine and three, and mm-hmm. to fall that far below the expectation, I think is what's ultimately gonna gonna do him in. Yeah, I th- I think we beat FIU this weekend. I'll say this. I put a lot of money on FIU spread, though. I do not think we cover 30 points. Yeah, no way. No way. But we'll see. Thank you for, for coming on. Anything else you want to add before we, we, we wrap up? Um, Man, I think that's it. Uh, shoot, I had the NFL draft, you know, they're, uh, the 2024. Chicago's sitting in a good spot right now. That's Dude, all I was going to add. They, they got the number one and number two overall picks. They could go yep. K- Caleb Williams, who is and will be the number one overall pick in the next draft. All these people, these people on the internet just upset me sometimes, T-Lang. I just, I can't. I was talking to somebody, someone the other day, and he was like, you don't think Caleb Williams has fallen after after all these close games? Yeah, you mean the games that they've won like 52-49 to because he's incredible? You mean, you mean like those games? Yeah. Like, come on now, yeah. man. <laughs> Oh, hey! Don't don't let New England get Drake May. Don't don't let that happen, dude. Honestly, if they get Drake May, like that's fine. I just don't want to have Caleb Williams. It would just be incredibly unfair for Bill Belichick to coach the best quarterback ever in Tom Brady, and then at the end of his career get to coach potentially the best quarterback prospect ever. Just prospect yeah. like that just that just doesn't seem right. You know, I think Caleb Williams deserves. To go to the Windy City, because Chicago hasn't had a good team in a long time. Let's put him there. Let's put him three hours away from where I live so I can go see him like once a year. Let's do that. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love it. I'd love it. And then get Bowers or Harrison. At, I think they're at five right now, one in five. So. Okay. I mean, they, they could easily get Bowers at five. Easily. Yeah. But yeah. he's awesome, or, too. Bleak neighbor. I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know. That's a whole other topic we can get into. Keon but, Coleman? I don't know. Geez, yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to go another like 20 minutes. We, we need to wrap it up, but. Isaac you, Tesla. 
Oh, yeah. Isaac Tesla. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, man, for, for taking the time. Uh, it's, it's always good having you on. Obviously, we got to have you back on again to talk NFL draft stuff at some point. Yep. And, and uh, college basketball. College hoops, man. I haven't, dude, I've watched not enough. I need to, I just, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's football and, and NBA right now. Like outside of, you know, the, the Champions Classic, like there aren't a ton of like major college basketball games going on. You know, when you know, the Maui Invitational starts on Monday, I'll I'll start really watching then. Outside of that, I'm just, you know, I've watched the Must Bus roll, and that's about it. Yeah, well, that, then you've watched the National Champ, so hey, it's man, all good. Oh, that's all you need to watch. Seriously, though. Seriously, though. <laughs> all right, T-Lang. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. You got it, man. That's going to do it for this episode of Shooting the Schmidt. Thanks again to T-Lang for coming on. We always love it when he when he shows up. Um, I'll be back again on Friday with another episode for y'all, pro- probably. Um, where I record the shows at is, you know, doing some maintenance. They're changing some of the stations and stuff. So, tentative show on Friday. I'm, I'm hoping that I can find a place to do it because um, the Friday shows are, are always fun. So, be on the lookout for a show on Friday, and I'll hopefully talk to y'all then.